Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to the Analyst Inside Cricket from the Oval after three days of actually glorious sunshine. Yeah. What, a, what a result, playing this test match at this time of year. Everybody's worried about it, going, oh, you know, the weather's going to be ruinous and it's been the best, almost the best weather of the summer. England does these days better than any other country, doesn't it? Where it's that clear blue sky, quite crisp in the morning, then it heats up and it's just perfect sort of sitting around weather mm. and then it just gets a little cool in the evening but th- these evenings and the late afternoons are almost idyllic they are it reminds us though what we're going to miss fairly soon oh, doesn't it it does though that. doesn't it well, yours, don't you always feel wistful at this time oh, of the I do, season yeah, I do. The, end, the I, end of the, the I test seriously suffer, suffer from sad yeah, I think a lot of people do I, in fact, I used to try and stay in shorts until <laughs> October to kind of just prolong the, the, yeah. the summer, being a bit of denial. I did know someone who, when it became darker nights and you know darker mornings as well, put a load of aluminium foil round his bedroom <laughs> to sort of make it brighter and a bit warmer as well. But that's a bit of a fire risk, that. Yeah, the, the best thing to do is to go abroad, isn't it? If you can, watch some cricket abroad. Which, which you're doing, aren't you? Well, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm going to New Zealand, which I'm very much looking forward to. It's a bit chilly, actually, in yeah. November. But it won't be quite as chilly as it will be in, well, in England, I, or I, as dark. I heard Ian Botham saying on the TV today that he'd heard, and some of his suggestions what, are... Ice Age are in New Zealand? No, well, no, Ice Age in Britain. I mean, some oh. of the things he, he comes out with are a little bit spurious. Mm. And long-range weather forecasts are something that he likes offering, but probably are not based up with much, all that much fact. Yeah. But he did say he'd heard it was going to be one of the coldest winters yeah, ever well, in Britain. Well, a, good, a good, <laughs> good time to go away then. Well, what about this game uh, then, Yoz? Uh, I say uh, two days left of the Ashes series. It's possible there's only one. Uh, Australia are facing a huge task in their second innings, as we thought might happen uh, yesterday evening. It just felt that England got ahead of the game and they just they didn't quite... Well I, suppose, well, I suppose they did nail it down today, didn't they? They could have scored 300 runs, so they're in the bank. 382 to win if the last two wickets go down from here. Uh, any chance of 
an Australian victory from here? No, well, I'm, I've already put on social media, Australia still haven't won a series in England since 2001, and everyone's going, oh, you're tempting fate. Yeah. I cannot see them yeah. getting what will be close to 400, if not a little bit more, depending on how the last two mm. wickets go for England tomorrow morning. I, I, the key thing for me today is something we haven't seen hardly anything of in this series. 54 for the first wicket. Yeah. Uh, Denley and, and Rory Burns just getting stuck in. And all right, there was that lucky drop last night when uh, Joe Denley was dropped at, uh, by Marcus Harris in the gully. But apart from that, they didn't really give a chance. And it was a bit more of that chin music to Rory Burns in the morning, but he weathered it superbly. And uh, Denley actually looked the most secure he's looked in the series. Yeah, it was actually quite surprised when Burns got out. I thought he was looking really solid again. Uh, mind you, I thought that in the first thing. Have you heard the commentator's curse? We were actually discussing the fact that Den- uh, Burns looked really solid. And, you know, I said, I don't believe in commentator's curse. Uh, you know, just say it as you see it. And, and Topper said, yeah, we're not that powerful. And then Two seconds later, he clipped one to, or just caught behind. No, lob, lobbed up to mid-wicket. He was out. Burns. Anyway, that, that's why I still don't believe. The oh, so that was the first innings. Yeah, first innings. Yeah, yeah. that's what happened. In the first innings. But I, so I still don't believe in the commentators' curse. But I sort of felt his day as well. He looked really solid, and then mm. he underedged one on mm. the cut. It was a very soft dismissal. But 54 for the first wicket, and that just gives you the confidence, doesn't it? When you get first innings lead, a reasonable first innings lead, if you get off to a good start. What, you know, whatever the opposition do, they, they, then they tried hard today, Australia. It just gets you down a bit. It's psychological. And it lifts the, it lifts the batting dressing room and just subdues the the bowling. Um, well, I said the dressing room. They're out there in the field, but it just, just sub- the, the mood. Yeah, yeah the mood in, in the field. I'd just like to say I've noticed <laughs> the same thing again as happened on oh, the yeah. first night. Yeah. We've got Ben Stokes doing sort of three-quarter speed runs across the outfield at the Oval. We are ten past seven at night. He's made a 50 today. Mm. And uh, is he training for a triathlon or something? I mean, it's just absolutely extraordinary, the amount of effort he puts in. And his batting today, excellent. Joe Root stuck at it it as well. Uh, Probably hasn't been at his best, really, all summer. And 325 runs at 32 in this Ashes series. He's been exposed by having to constantly come in early on and obviously having to bat at number three. But I thought his his movements were a bit better, actually, in this game. He looked a little bit more as if he was getting forward, covering those those good balls. These guys have bowled you know, a succession of very, very good deliveries, Hazelwood and, and Cummings. And, uh, you know, it's, it's just been tough. But I, I suppose the, the day belongs today largely to Joe Denley, who yeah, I kind of wrote off. Kind of wrote off? Kind of wrote off? Well, I Get did. rid of kind of. You said that's it for I, Denley. I said, yeah, I said he's got to get, to, to convince the selectors that he's worth persevering with, he's got to get a big hundred. And maybe he will, but I couldn't see it. Mm. And he didn't. He did get 94, and that was a good innings. And, I, and what I've said all along is what you want to see is progress from a player. Definitely Rory Burns has improved, and he's the sort of guy, Rory Burns, who really tries to educate himself and he'll go home at night and watch videos of him playing the short ball and really improve. I'm not sure Denley's quite that kind of person and I was very interested today actually to see when I got here at like quarter past nine, twenty past nine, I wanted to see who went into the nets because Alistair Cook has always laid down the benchmark for you know attention to detail and, and length of practice and so on and that's been handed on to Joe Root so those two are always the first or Alistair Cook used to be the first in the nets and Joe Root was the first in the nets again today and I was interested to see if 
maybe Burns and Denley were out there battling away, working on their game. No sign of them. Now, they may have been in the indoor nets. I don't know. They may have been doing shadow batting in the dressing room, for all I know. But the only two guys who came out for a really serious proper net were Root and Stokes. Mm. And they were in the nets from 9.30 till probably 10 o'clock and really devoted to the crease, trying to do the same in the match as well. Back, back to Denley, though. You want to see progress, and I thought there was some progress today. He didn't get tempted to play those loose drives in the same way as he has earlier in the series. He played one nice shot up the ground off Cummins when he pitched up, but it was a more controlled drive, and it wasn't as wide as some of the ones he's been chasing in earlier matches. If I'd say one thing about the Aussies today, they didn't quite get that one full outside off with a little bit of swing to tempt Denley into that loose drive and they didn't also bounce him too much and he's someone who doesn't look that comfortable against the short ball so I don't think the Aussies were quite on it today but I thought Denley acquitted himself very well credit where credit's due he played well and and one particular note of his innings I thought when he when Lyon came on he was aggressive came down the wicket in the first over that Lyon bowled hit him for four back over his head good controlled shot then a big straight six again you know not reckless just a nice clean hit another four down the ground offline using his feet and basically hit line out of the attack and that was really good positive aggressive batting but but sensible It's amazing the game of cricket, though, isn't it? I mean, we're looking at Denley 94 today, and he'd be feeling great about it. You know, the, the first significant score of his career, really, in a way. You know, it's a, it's all, it feels like a, a sort of breakthrough innings for him in a way, even though he didn't get 100 yet last night. He should have been caught in the mm. gully or in the slip cordon by yeah, Marcus you need Harris. A bit of luck, don't you, you do, but and and, then, and also in a way, I mean, he was out today, but it, he was not given. The, the technology said the ball was hitting leg stump on that LBW appeal. I'm surprised Australia didn't review. I tell you why, because I thought you're going to think. It, it was close enough, and it, it, it was going to be umpire's call at worst. Just seeing it f- first, I thought umpire's call at worst, so you don't lose your review. So I, it was a strange one why they, why they didn't go for it, and that would have nipped Denley in the butt. Okay, you know he had some runs behind him, but it wasn't the big score, relatively big score. He, he went on to make. So it's, it's funny, isn't it, how those things can sometimes shape a, a cricketer's career? Because you think a winter tour. Might have been in the balance, you know, if he'd, if he'd been dismissed cheaply in this... Yeah. Well, if he'd been dismissed well, last it's, night. Think of the people it's happened to before. Strauss, who was all on his last leg as a test player, and then he got 177 in Napier, I think it was, in New Zealand. Alistair Cook, who was pretty much down and out in a series against Pakistan, and got 110 on the last or the last but one test, and sort of saved himself. And then he went on to score all those runs in, in Australia. Australia. I mean, I think, yeah. I, I think they were still inclined to pick him, but I know what you mean. He was really sort of low on form, wasn't he? And he, he actually went to his 100 here with those overthrows. Remember, chucked, chucked over his head, over the wicketkeeper's head, down to the Vauxhall end, which we're sitting at now. But you're, but you're right, these, these things happen, and you're, sort of, you're close to mm. being dropped, and something happens, and it goes your I way. Don't know whether, I don't know whether Denley today... You know, was freed up by the fact that a it was his probably his last tar- chance, and also he just had a, a, a baby, mm. hadn't he? So I don't know. Maybe there's something that lightens the burden yeah. in your mind. Puts everything in perspective. I don't know. Uh, yeah, well, I'm sure. And uh, it's, 
a lifetime of worry now with with, with a child <laughs> and under yeah. your wing. The hard work starts now, isn't it? <laughs> exactly. And there's no books about that. <laughs> no. how, how to? You, there's lots of. It's funny, isn't it? There's lots of books about childbirth and pregnancy and uh, you know uh, all those sort of groups that meet before you actually have the baby. But there's not much advice once you've had it. So here's the question: Is it is it harder facing Cummins and Hazelwood? Is it harder than facing them than bringing up a child? There's nothing harder than bringing up <laughs> no, a child. And the other day I heard a, a stat which says that it's 231,000 per kid over their lifetime pounds, uh, to 21. Yeah. 20, 231,000 pounds yeah. costing to, to bring up a child until they're 21. And that is precluding people who have to pay for their school fees mm. uh, as well. Of course, it's not as painful, <laughs> uh, potentially, as facing Cummins and Hazelwood. I, I've always thought, actually, with bringing up kids, and I know we're not supposed to be really talking about this, but I've always thought it was a bit like watching cricket, actually, bringing up kids, in that <laughs> there's, a lot of pa- well, there's a lot of pain and, and patience and, and turgid times that you have to go through for the odd memorable highlight. Yeah. And this summer, actually, has rewarded those who've stuck at cricket and been able to pay their money and book their tickets because we've had a, a barely a, a dull day. Yeah, I just wonder, I just wonder whether this summer has still got something in store for us. I, I said it last night, I mean, you, you, you'd think odds against, wouldn't you? But is there something still left? I and mean, what, what I mean by that is Australia making a really decent fist of this run chase. All cricketing logic says, you know, England should win this match, uh, as indeed Australia should have won at Headingley. And in fact, you know, the umpire raised his finger that, you know, they would have won at Headingley, admittedly only by one run. I just, I just wonder if there's something left for us, if there's something left from Steve Smith, whether David Warner's got something to offer us, or one of the other Australian batsmen, Abishane, or you know, people down the order who haven't really contributed. Yeah, you don't feel there's quite the quality there, do you? As no. you were saying last night, really, that it's one of the weaker Australian teams. Warner does owe everybody something. Mm. Uh, I, I gather there was a bit of uh, a few words spoken but during the morning. It's quite, test- Stokes wasn't testi- happy quite a testy day out there. Um, yeah. Our old friend Matthew Wade was involved in yes. something. Root was involved. The umpires got involved. I think there were some words spoken as uh, the players walked off at lunchtime, lunchtime as well. I think Ben Stokes had a word uh, to, to David Warner quite a forthright uh, mm. few words. I yeah. think you can probably just guess what they were. Uh, we don't need to tell you. Um, yeah, it's, perhaps it all just boils over, doesn't it? Uh, you know, when you've been locking horns with each other for six weeks, whatever it is, and you're, you're coming towards the end. And, you know, I think it, it will be... It's, it's great for Australia, of course, they retain the Ashes, and that's all the, the you know that is the number one thing first. But you really do want to win the series, don't you? That's what you know. Team, you get remembered for for winning series. Um, draws, and the Americans don't like draws, do they? And I'm sure the Australians in this situation won't like a draw as well. No, and I, I mean, we've got one more contest duel between Archer and Smith to savour tomorrow. Uh, whenever that happens. I just suspected tonight, actually, that the Aussies, when they brought Cummins and uh, the quicker bowlers back when Archer came in again, um, they're, they're trying to bomb him, yeah. as if to say, well, our best chance of victory is to injure his hand or something and he can't bowl. Uh, there's uh, Luckily, Archer managed to avoid those. But uh, you know, Archer against Smith tomorrow could just be the duel. And will Archer finally get his man that, that'll be, that in a way could be the clincher for, for victory Yeah, 22 wickets so far for Archer in the series but one of them has not been Steve Smith, he obviously struck, struck a major blow at Lords when he 
bowled him and knocked him out of a test match and a half. But, but Smith was wasn't. actually saying that, in a way, maybe he was always spinning the positive, yeah. but he was saying this morning that actually that helped him get through the series because it gave him a test match off. Mm. And those who've played all five games inevitably are looking a bit weary. Yeah. Johnny Bairstow, for example, mm. really struggled. Averaging 22. Yeah. Averaging 18 this year. You know, since he's got the gloves back, averaging 18, uh, he'll, he'll look back on a, a very enjoyable World Cup. But, you know, who, who knows what's going to happen there? Ben Folkes breathing down his neck for those um, wicket-keeping gloves. Butler's had a, a good last couple of test yeah. matches. And, you know, why not go to Butler? They're wicket-keeping but Bearstone and Butler, there's not much to choose between them. So. I think the next will be folks, though, don't you think? If, if England make a change in the wicketkeeping area, it will be, surely, it will be Ben Folks to come in and, and, and you know, see him as a sort of test match player. Go on, there's, there's your opportunity. It's, it's, it's not worked in the biggest series of all. Let, let's go for that. Um, and then perhaps play Bearstow as a as a top-order batsman. Well, what about Butler? Well, well I don't know. I mean, is it, does it all fit together? I don't know. Do England have to change from here, or are they just going to sort of go on mm. sort of muddling yeah, through? I, I think the problem is, if you've got players who are all-rounders, as the Butlers and Bairstows mm. are, and folks as well, it's fine if your team are on top or getting on top, because they can play their fluent, natural way. If you're a team who are a bit vulnerable and are 100 for 5 all the time, you can't always go the aggressive route to try and get yourself out of trouble. You do need players who can, uh, who can actually play proper innings at 4, 5, 6. And obviously Stokes can, but after that, you do worry about England having totally committed batsmen, and that is their main job. Yeah, it's about the structure of the England Test team, which we've talked about a lot on this podcast over months and probably years as well. They have lots of all-round cricketers. And is it time to restructure the team and say, OK, thanks, but no thanks? I mean, there are lots of them, aren't there? There's Sam Curran as well. You know, there's another one who, who has had a you know, decent game and might have an influence with the ball. There's Curran, there's Wokes, there's Bairstow, there's Butler, you know, there's Folks, you know, Bat and keep as Ben Stokes lots of lots of all-round cricketers which you could and Ed Smith's argued this he said well you know what's wrong with having the people that are good at more you know more than one discipline they're really good in two or three disciplines but sometimes it the, the part it hasn't really sort of quite gelled as a, as a team where you need a slightly different structure to your well, team well I think you need people who know what they're number one role is and they can focus on that. Now, you know, cricketers have always said that if they are an all-rounder it's difficult to focus enough time on both the disciplines and that, in a way, having all-round skills helps them because they can relax because they know they don't have to always contribute with one skill because they've always got the other one to fall back on. But that doesn't necessarily help the team. Mm, yeah. Well, it's uh, as ever with the England cricket team. There are there are highs and lows, and at the moment they're on a on a high, and they're in a great position to to win this Test match and make it two two. Uh, would be a memorable end to an incredible summer because they haven't won the Ashes. Um, but we'll see. We'll see what happens uh, tomorrow. I mean, I, you'd expect England to go on and win from yeah. here, but I wonder, I wonder if there's just something left. I wonder if uh, Mother Cricket has still got something left for us in this summer. Well, I'm going to actually have uh, my attention focus on two matches tomorrow. England against Australia, of course, but also it's the Village Cup final at Lords, and the team from Reed's Cricket Club are in their third final. So can anybody topple their incredible dominance of the Village Cup? We'll find out this time tomorrow. 
Thanks for listening, and we'll speak to you tomorrow night. Goodbye for now. Podcast Network.